This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kahn. Hello all, I'm Anadi Mishra, and I'm one of the earliest practitioners of DevOps in India. I've been helping organizations practice continuous delivery and DevOps uh, through a DevOps consulting firm I founded. You can find me on LinkedIn or on my blog, anadimishra.com, spelled as A-N-A-D-I-M-I-S-R-A.com. This series with Anadi Misra is about DevOps katas. The first episode started with episode 135. You can find that in the show archive. Uh, we've been bringing up some of the, the programming languages, uh, the scripting languages. So if, I, if I'm going to do these katas that, that we're talking about, do I need to learn a, a, a scripting language or can I get by with my shell scripts that I already know how to do? Right there, you know, there might be a lot of people who get emotional of the fact that you call Python and Ruby a scripting language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No. Uh, it, it works better with, with Ruby and Python. That's my personal experience. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure people might have had other experiences as well. But what I've seen is uh, somehow for, for system programming and, and system automation, Python and Ruby works better than shell script, definitely uh, better than shell script. I'm not sure if, if there are people who, who like to maintain their uh, DevOps pipelines or rather the, the DevOps testing automation on, on Java or any other languages. I haven't come across that yet. So I would say, yeah. Well, Python and, and Ruby are definitely two good languages to learn. And you can deliver a lot of, uh, lot of smart stuff on that. You know, I mean, Chef and Puppet, for that matter, are all the plugins are, are Ruby and Ansible is Python. I have like 20 network engineers and none of, uh, only two of them do Python. So uh, <laughs> would, you, would you, and so, I mean, what do you think? Is, is only using Unix scripting, is that going to hold me back when I think about maybe a f- next five or 10 years of my career? Or like, you, is it pretty important for me to learn Python or something else <laughs> as well? Let's define scripting languages a bit more. Many scripting languages are task-oriented and are good for automating simple tasks. The commands used in these scripting languages are the very same commands used by operating system operators or network device operators. So these scripting languages are very easy to use because they're using the same commands that they're already used to when they work interactively. Other scripting languages are also high-level programming languages. These scripting languages such as Python, Ruby, and JavaScript require a large investment into learning programming and design constructs, which are foreign to many operations engineers. Well, if you look at it, right, most of these tools come with, uh, with their own DSL, right? A DSL stands for domain-specific language. And in this case, it may make the operator a little more comfortable because if it's specified in the domain of operations, it'll be a little more familiar. So, so uh, you're, not, you're not really going ahead and, and changing things all the time, but it's just that more often than not, when your, your continuous delivery pipelines or your DevOps pipelines, DevOps automation pipelines rather, you know, as, as they grow and, and there's an increased cadence of tools that are doing different things, right? You're mostly playing with tools that are working with some sort of messaging or tools that are consuming some sort of APIs, right? 
Now, if you if you want to prevent that cadence turning into cacophony, right? <laughs> you 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 you're better off, I think, with a programming language than than their scripting, so to speak. Uh-huh. So it's it's not just about infrastructure automation. There's there's a lot of other stages in a in a DevOps automation or or a continuous delivery pipeline, right? And the moment you talk about multiple tools talking to each other, sometimes they come with plugins and sometimes they don't. Sometimes even if they come with plugins, you know, your your workflow is is such that you can't just can't just use the the default API producer and uh, you know consumer. You kind of have to write a little thing in between. Generally speaking, you know, writing those things has been uh, more comfortable in in Python and and Ruby than than kind of using a shell script to consume a REST API. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear your point. Let's drive that home a little bit more. If you're writing a lot of scripting language to use within your Terraform or Ansible, you're creating a type of code debt where I find it very difficult or impossible to unit test a C shell script or, or a shell script of any kind. But Python is far more flexible and uh, I, I, Ruby would be as well. So higher level programming la- languages give you the ability higher levels of, abs- of abstraction from the thing that you're operating so that you could do more unit testing. Uh, because if you end up with a, 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 say, we'll say 300 lines of a, of a script, that's really hard to, I don't know how to unit test that. It's quite complicated. So you're probably not going to, and you're just going to test based on, on, on the outcomes testing that we were talking about earlier. This was discussed in episode 136. Go to the show archive to listen. Uh, but with a... Uh, Python and higher level languages, you could unit test that. I be- I don't see why you couldn't unit test it. Let me put it that way. Uh, what do you think? Well, it's, it's it's even better than that. You know, it's just not just about unit testing. I could I could create a Python module or a Ruby gem, right? So then, you know, uh, I, I have my own little build, test, deploy cycle, even for that automation, right? So I know that you know I don't really have to run that script in an environment to, to know what's happening. And you know, I create a Python module instead of these 300 lines of shell script. I have good ways of testing it, you know. I mean, the whole nine yards, you know, I, I would unit test through the to the functions and, you know, I could I could again create uh, some... Uh, and and you, can, you can mock almost anything, right, with high-level languages. So even if you're making system calls, you have mock responses. So, you know, I could I could just test the whole thing without actually even having to run it. And then I have more confidence in uh, in my automation. I hear you. As a developer, it's easy for me to say that sounds like a great idea. It's the ops people that haven't picked up those skills. That's they're the ones that are the hard sell. So as a coach, when I come into an environment with uh, bringing on two things, hey, this 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 type of automation tool, and hey, why don't you learn a programming language? Uh, that that's probably too much work in progress for most. And so I have to pick one. Sometimes I'm lucky, and I get like I said, there's a few people that usually are the Python people, and they've been they're really good at that. But because their environment doesn't uh, seem to allow or create, it isn't a, a cross training environment. They're like the Python experts, and they write the scripts for the whole team. And uh, and so you have that weird kind of expert bottleneck in there. True. Well, I, I usually wouldn't make make both the changes together, right? I, I would I would let people get comfortable with with one thing at a time. When when I do uh, DevOps automation, let people get comfortable with 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 a simple build, test, and deploy pipeline, and you know then then you add infrastructure automation, and maybe initially I just break that three hundred line script into probably five scripts <laughs> of of sixty lines each, and and kind of do a staged execution of them through my IAC tools and, and 
you know, give people some time to get a hang of, of programming languages. But I, I would really sell moving that that last mile automation to a high level language. Yeah, and, and the frame I'm thinking about is more, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about operators and, and network engineers. That's that's where it's a harder sell. If, you're, if you have a developer team that's learning to do ops, I think that's an easier, personally, I think that's a little, e that's an easier situation. Meet Kartar. Kartar is a project manager working for a casino. And little does he know is that hitmen are gunning for his head if he doesn't deliver the project on time. Kartar has caught the attention of a Rashi, and this Hindu demigod is not satisfied with helping Kartar change just his project, but he wants Kartar to change his life as well. Read about Kartar's life in Agile Noir. Agile Noir is available in the US on Amazon.com and in India on Pothi.com. It's P-O-T-H-I. And in China on my WeChat store. Agile Noir. Noir spelled N-O-I-R. There are links to these retailers in the podcast show notes. In the show notes, you'll find links to some cool DevOps katas and... Next episode, there will be more Anadi Mizra. Well, let's talk about katas again. So what katas would you recommend? Why do them? Well, we I would say we could start with, with, with real simple ones, right, you know.